This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin and Will, and we're back at it on this three peak, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we back at it again. Uh, I'll get ready to uh, give you guys the uh, the lowdown on this Chicago game that's coming up, and touch very briefly on the uh, Atlanta Atlanta uh, payback that we got. Oh, dirty bird in the burrito type of shit, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. <sighs> it's good. Now, if we, if we can just get get through these these little you know injuries and uh, you know. People getting dinged up and things of that nature. I think we're gonna we're gonna give Chicago all they can handle when it comes to OB of A. Um, so um, I hope you guys are and uh, guys guys and gals, excuse me. Blah, blah, blah. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying this season so far. Um, it is uh, beyond expectation, uh, uh, needless to say. But um, <sighs> man, it's, it's it's good. It's good to, to be a Panther fan and have some W's behind your belt. But um, hold on to your hat, folks. The four-man rush is on the scene, and we're going to talk about this Atlanta game very briefly. Um, some some highlights uh, that we do, you know, just want to touch on, um, and uh, then we'll transfer over to the Chicago game. Um, uh, Will, you going to go first this time, and uh, we'll hop on over to uh, Kevin Kev, and uh, we'll talk some Panther football folks. Go ahead, Will. Tell us what you think about the uh, – well, your, your quick thoughts about the uh, Atlanta game. Overall, I was pleased. Offense got off to a pretty decent start. We want to see them finish drives early on, but we still were able to have two scoring drives. Then once they got in rhythm, they were able to put up 14 points and build that multiple score lead going into halftime. So thought they played very well. They had a little bit of a stagnant period in the second half. I mean, we only had three drives, if I recall. The one ended in a punt. One ended in a or two punts, and then the last one ended in a field goal. But the last drive was phenomenal, just the way they lined up, knocked guys off the ball, were able to run the ball, milk the clock, take their souls, and finish that game off the way they did. Obviously, there's areas to improve, and we'll go dig deeper into the film during our all-22 session. But I think it was a pretty good day for the offense. The passing game was extremely efficient and productive. Got a lot of good production from Mike Davis in the run game, even as a passer out of the backfield. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel continue to impress. Just good old in the offensive line, you know. Just can't say enough how much they how well they've played this year. So just good overall team effort on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively was interesting. I mean, look, just from a fifty foot view, we forced two turnovers, made the plays we needed to make. We um, held Matt Ryan to under 200 yards passing before that final series when they're in two-minute drill. And you held him to about six yards per completion. I mean, six yards per attempt. So, you know, at a 50-foot view, and you held him to 16 points. So, I mean, it's overall, it looks like a good defensive performance, but I thought the run fits were abysmal. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not one guy to blame. I know to hear Whitehead, it's kind of been kind of the – whipping boy that everybody wants to pick on. But you just look at some of these plays. Yes, he hasn't played well. Shaq's had his ups and downs. But there's also some plays where the defensive tackles and defensive line are just giving them no help. 
I just think it takes a collective effort to be this bad with run fits. So that's just something I hope we clean up going into this week in Chicago. But overall, I think this was a pretty good performance. It's good to get a win in Atlanta, go to three and two, and get that key road division win. Mm. Yeah, man. <laughs> Kev, how did you feel about it, man? What did you say? Yeah, well, from my perspective, you know, it was – you know, it was just the game that we had to have. I, I didn't care nothing about Atlanta not having won a game yet. For me, this game was all about – this game was a, a game for the new culture, for the new regime from my perspective. This was about – yeah, I know how it was under the last coaching staff and the last um, era past the football, but we're, we're coming here with something brand new. And brand new, we're coming in here on the road against a divisional rival that we hadn't won at – in 2014, and we just just pretty much out-physicaled them throughout a vast majority of the game. Um, For me, this game was just more so about, it was just more than what happened on the field as far as X's and O's. This was about, you know, a team establishing an identity, a team letting know who's the new sheriff in town in the NFC South. Um, so for me, it was just all about having the opportunity to watch this team to, you know, just be able to like, um, kind of dominate things and just to be able to, you know, take it to a team that just pretty much embarrassed us. When you look at the, you know, history, what, um, one out of the last seven games we've only won against Atlanta. Um, and, you know, ever since we, uh, dabbed on them in 2015 at that home game, they pretty much had our number since then. The only other victory came was a home game October 2017. So, yeah, pretty much had it. But overall, you know, just I was just glad to see this team just really take the fight to a team that really was desperate and needed to win in the worst way. And if they're going to get it, it's not going to be on our, on our watch. Um, from an offensive performance, I like the fact that this offensive line – even though it's a work in progress, it's starting to gel. I like seeing that Russell Okun came back. Um, yeah. Looks like he didn't miss a snap. Yeah. Um, he, my favorite play by him was where he helped Curtis Sammy on that run play, run for about another six, seven <laughs> yards, where he, where he just kept pushing like, "Run, Toby, run!" You know, <laughs> it was definitely just a good, a good thing that the players got that type of awareness. You know. You know, watching the All-22 film, just seeing how we just started snatching their souls. Like, they, they just really didn't want – they just didn't want to fight no more um, to it. Now, I know on the flip side, they can say, well, yeah, look what we did to y'all in the running game. True. Todd Gurley had easily his best game of the season against us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran hard. He ran tough. But at the end of the day, I just think that we were willing to sacrifice in the run game and hold in the field goals – Versus letting Matt Ryan has his usual traditional seventy percent, three hundred something yards, three four four touchdown passes. Uh, I, I, as as much as I as I hate being ran on, but just looking at the big scheme of things and with the type of team that we have, where we at right now, I'll uh, I'll lose a few battles to win the war. Mm-hmm. So if it took losing in the run game to to neutralize their passing attack, even though they were without Julio Jones. Uh, but, you know, they showed that the previous Monday night that, for the most part, they hung tough with a undefeated Green Bay team. So this team had plenty of fight 
left in them. But overall, I was just pleased the way that we just dictated the, the tempo. We, we took it to them. And even when they swung back, we had to remind them, you know, who their new daddy is. And that's 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 the Carolina Panthers under Matt Rule. Right up. Right up. Uh, so, man, I, I got nothing to say about the Atlanta game. I, I'm just glad we got that W. I'm tired of that. That constant butt whooping we got every time we went to Atlanta over the past five, six seasons. That was getting old. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we're gonna be a problem, folks. We stay healthy, we're gonna be a problem. That I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't I don't see how we cannot be. We don't we're missing our best player on offense. We have, basically have a brand new defense. And we're we're on a three game winning streak. And quite frankly, the Chargers gave the Saints a run for their money, and you know, you know, you know, it's it's going it's going to be interesting. But before we play the Saints, got to play them Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears defense might be one of the best that we've gone up against so far this year. At this at this juncture, obviously. Um, so we're going we're going to talk about that in in detail. Um, I, I think we've we've uh, we've kind of we've we haven't gone in depth. Now, this season like we can in terms of our opponents up, upcoming opponents so we're gonna concentrate a little bit more on that for uh for for the for now on if you if you guys don't mind all right all right um so uh will uh do you want to tackle the uh chicago bears uh offense or defense let's start with their defense because that's the strength of the team then we get to the offense bet bet uh what you, what you see about their defense bro I agree with you. I think this will be probably the best defense we've seen so far. I mean, I think they have a lot of talent on that side of the football. I mean, we all know you know who it starts and ends with. It's Khalil Mack, probably one of the ten best players in the NFL, regardless of position. I mean, if you watch the Thursday night game against the Bucks, when I mean, he was terrorizing top poor Tom Brady all night, giving that uh, rookie tackle Tristan Wirfs hell. So. Very big challenge for Taylor Moten and Russell Okun this week to mm. contain Khalil Mack. And really to contain him, I don't think it's going to be a one-on-one type deal. It's going to take a team effort to stop, and we're going to have to get good chip help from our backs and tight ends. We're going to have to um, have a scheme in place to kind of use misdirection, maybe run at him, just try to find different ways to keep him off balance, keep him guessing and not let him get into that rhythm because he can single-handedly terrorize mm. opponents and take over games. And mm. we're starting to see that from our own guy, Brian Burns, as well. But, I mean, Khalil Mack's been that type of player for years. I have a lot of respect for what he's able to do. And I think that's where the defense, you know, starts with the Chicago Bears. They, mm. But he's not the only one they have. I mean, the guy on the other side of him, Leonard Floyd, is a first-round pick in his own right, not a bad player at all. I mean, they got probably Eddie Jackson, one of the better safeties in the league, who's a ball hawk on the back end. The linebacker core, I think, is very good. They got Roquan Smith, who in our pre-draft process a couple years ago, we were all very high on, Mm. who's starting to come into his own as a pretty solid linebacker. A veteran, Danny Treviathan, another linebacker, been on a couple teams now, but still a very solid player. I Mm. mean... Defensive tackle, Akeem Hicks. We're talking about another mm. beast up front there that we're going to have to handle in addition to Khalil Mack. And then I think they got solid corners as well. I mean, Kyle Fuller, he's a playmaker back in that secondary. 
So I just think this is one of those games we may not see the efficient, smooth offensive flow that we've seen the past couple of weeks against the Cardinals and the uh, Falcons. This might be one of those Charger games where we just got to grind it out, get points, take care of the football, not turn it over, and try to win the turnover battle this week and protect the ball because you know this Bears defense is tough. But with that said, I do think there's plenty of opportunities to attack them as well. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. So, I think it'll be a good challenge for our offense, but I'm still pretty confident that we'll be able to find ways to attack them. Right up. And we're going to have to attack these guys. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have to keep them on their heels and make them one-dimensional. The last thing we need to do was be in a, you know, a slugfest with a with a with a running game, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm it's it's just been a weak point up until this point. Uh, Kev, uh, what's their what's their um, offense looking like, man? Well, as far as the uh, Chicago Bears offense, uh, I think the most noticeable change is the change at quarterback. Um, you know, when they uh, were able to come back in Atlanta, it was because of the quarterback switch where they went to um, veteran Nick Foles and benched uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Hmm. Uh, so that, you know, was able to jumpstart them in Atlanta when it was down 26-10. Foles came in the second half uh, through three uh, passing touchdowns to uh, lead them to a um, lead them to a comeback uh, in Atlanta. Wow. And, you know, ever since then, it's, it's, it's like offensively they got talent to – definitely give us fits, but I don't see nothing necessarily, quote, scary about them. Now, I do think that they have some weapons that we legit definitely have to be um, concerned about um, here as well, uh, starting with their raw receivers. Um, trying to look up their names here real quick, but um, you know, they definitely got some they got some legit weapons in if we don't, um, if we don't get to uh, foes early and often, now that's, that's that could be a problem because they definitely have some talent. Um, their offensive line is it's decent, but it's nothing to feel like that, you know, work can't be done against them. Um, just looking up some of the stats here, um, you know, opponents have been able to uh, get about 11 sacks on them. Seems like their run defense is, you know, middle, to, middle, middle, middle ways, uh, giving up about four and a half yards to carry. Um, while their own rushing offense is only about four yards to carry. Um, you know, the main thing that I see sticks out about, you know, the Bears offensively is is that they try to do a good job of uh, controlling the clock um, mm. as well. So that's something to be aware of. You know, those, you know, dink and dunk drives that, you know, chew up a lot of time to mm-hmm. let that, you know, talented defense get rest. They, they try to grind it out on their offensive drives to allow that defense to be uh, freshly charged. But. Um, overall, I, I see this as a game that where, if as before, if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, I think that we can definitely take advantage and be able to secure the win uh, versus the Bears at home. Uh, but this is definitely a game that's going to really challenge us. For me, this is the game that's going to allow me to know what kind of expectations moving forward with this team is because I think differently at four and two than I do at three and three. Hmm. So, um, I just think that you know, with um, with this team offensively, um, it's a diversified attack. Um, they do like to 
try to be balanced somewhat. But overall, I just think that that uh, if we can get to foes with this offensive line that they, you know they got out in front, um, there's a chance for us to really um, really affect him and, and to neutralize their passing attack. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And I, I, if there was one thing in this game, I, I would be worried about again. It's it's our linebacker linebacker play going up against uh, Foles um, in, in in the passing game because it. I mean, Tahir is Tahir is is fast. He's athletic. He's physical. But again, he has not quite grasped the um, the, the the coverage aspect of of the of the mic position. Um, and I'm, I'm afraid he might he might get exposed in, in this game. Yeah. Is is there a tight end play decent? Will do you know or? Yeah, they have uh, Jimmy Graham, I believe. He's oh, a veteran. He's pretty been around the league, so I mean, he knows where, how to get around. And I think they, I mean, they haven't really gotten their running game going like they like to. But I mean, David Montgomery is a strong runner. It's going to break tackles, so we're going to have to swarm tackle him. But I think the strength of their offense, like Kev said, is the wide receiver position. I mean, you got Allen Robinson, who we got mm-hmm. to account for. I mean, he's a contested catch guy. He's never really had consistent quarterback play, so I don't think he's reached his full potential yet. Mm-hmm. Look at his career. He had Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. He comes to Chicago. Now he got to deal with Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> and now he's got another quarterback now with Foles. But mm-hmm. he's always – a guy you're going to have to deal with. They got a rookie, Moody, who's having a very good start to the season, more of a speed guy. You get separation. thought Ted Ginn was a great offseason acquisition for them. Okay. He's given us fits since he left us in 2015. Yes. So hopefully we got Dante and stay healthy for this game to help uh-huh. take him out of the picture. And then they got Anthony Miller, nice little route runner guy that can get separation. So, I mean, they do have weapons. When on paper you look at them, you're like, how are they four and one? They don't look that impressive. I mean, how? why is this team so – but you are what your record says you are. Yep. I mean, they found ways to win playing their way. And I think it'll be a good challenge. Now, just because, you know, I'm talking about the Bears, it doesn't mean I don't believe we can attack them, and we'll get to that eventually. But mm. I think it'll be a good challenge for us, but nothing I don't think this young Panther squad can, won't be able to overcome. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hope you're right, man. I, I the, the the only the only weak spot I can see right now in our defense stopping and stopping stopping that Chicago Bear offense is our linebacker core. But like you mentioned, man, I mean, if it, it is a concerted effort, if if the D line can can maintain their gap integrity and everybody's where they're supposed to be, we'll we'll shut the run down. Uh, we have that potential. But uh, Kev, speak on the. Um, and I know we'll touch on the on their defense, but um, what what can you add to the uh, uh, defensive side of the, the Chicago Bear uh, Chicago Bear defense? Are they going to give us fits outside of Mac and a uh, uh, big man in the middle? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a team that if if we don't um, we don't come with our A game, uh, that defense line is talented enough by itself to um, to cause us a lot of headaches. Um, you know, it's it's more, you know, shutting down Khalil Mack, is, you know, try, well, I can say shut down. Neutralizing Khalil Mack is definitely top priority, but, you know, they got the inside-outside combination with him and um, I think it's Hicks mm. um, in the middle. So this will be a good challenge for 
uh, our interior offensive line for Paradis, uh, Chris Reed, and uh, John Miller. Um, but um, the opportunity is there. Um, I think that you know if we can get to the second level. Um, we can we can definitely get movement on their linebackers from an offensive line point of view. Um, so what I do expect to see more of is where we're double teaming the tackles and we're sliding off uh, to the next level to get that uh, to get that push. Mm. Um, I think something that'll be effective for us this game will be misdirection plays. Uh, this Bears defense is highly aggressive uh, by nature, by design. So if you if you can you know you can use that aggression against them, um, they leave openings for you to for you to take advantage of if you can execute your blocking scheme. Now, if you can't execute your blocking scheme, then you're going to be in for a long day. But there's mm-hmm. definitely openings uh, for, to take advantage of this uh, take advantage of this defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of remind me of the um, uh, the Texans defense last year. You know, they had J.J. Watt on the outside. And they had uh, DJ Reader on the inside, and you know it, it kind of just reminds me of that. You know, looking into, looking into this matchup. Um, like I say, the linebacker play is solid, but I do think that we can take advantage of them if <laughs> we can get our tight ends involved in the game, which is something that we'll you know we'll get into a little bit later as well, because that's some that's one part of our offense, in spite of our production, that uh, has not quote produced per se. Mm. But hey, you know we'll let uh, we'll let Joe Brady and and um, Bridgewater, you know, do what they do. I'm not going to knock, you know, what's what's working, but just acknowledging the fact that, you know, just like Atlanta gave up the most touchdowns to tight ends, mm. if I'm not mistaken, um, Chicago Bears are like top five as far as yardage giving up the tight end. So definitely, this is something to mm. try to exploit. I think this would be a perfect opportunity. Uh, um, for us to uh, to get after them, and just like the Chargers game, they got very solid cornerback play. But again, I just feel like that we can just use their aggression against them. So it'd be very good to it'd be very good to see what kind of game plan that we're able to uh, put together because it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a physical. It's going to be a, a brutal game. But it is a game that is winnable. Um, that I feel like for for this young Panthers team. Mm. Now here's here's yeah, my, yeah. Go ahead, Will. Go ahead. That was a good point you made about the tight ends because I think they yeah. could be key in red zone success. Yeah, and I think that's probably the one area where we need to focus practice on this week. I mean, the Bears have the number one red zone defense in the NFL. Oh man, they only allow touchdowns on thirty six percent of red zone drives, hmm. and the Panthers have kind of been inconsistent when it comes down to red zone. And the Chargers, we settled for a bunch of field goals. Sure did. Uh, Arizona, they were clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, kind of a mixture of both. We had to settle some drives. Some drives we were able to finish. So being able to execute in that red zone and put seven on the board instead of three, I think is another big step. And I think in uh, Teddy, I think it was Teddy's interview, he made a good point that a red zone stuff by the defense is basically a four-point play because you're holding the offense to – Three points instead of seven. So, I mean, those extra four points can go a long way hmm. in a dog fight like this that I'm going to expect this game to be. And I think plus what you want with this Nick Foles and this Bears offense, if you can get a lead and get in the finish in the red zone and get ahead of them, 
you kind of knock them off their game plan, and now you're forced, forcing foes to have to throw the ball more, and they become more predictable. And that's when you mm-hmm. can get your pass rush and mix up your coverages, confuse them, and kind of knock them off a bit. You don't want Foles. I mean, Foles is a good, solid pro quarterback. You know, I'm not taking anything away from him, but mm-hmm. when you force him to come out of his comfort zone, make him throw the ball 40, 45 times, take that run game away from him, make them predictable like that. I think that's when you can start to rattle them and you can kind of see them force them into some mistakes. So I think that's going to be key. I think it's just got to be good complimentary football to get this home win and go to four and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing I was thinking about this game, looking into it, fellas, if y'all remember 2018 season, uh, which also was a home game around the middle point of the season, you know, we had a, a very strong defensive Baltimore Ravens team Mm. that came to town and, you know, we ended up, you know, giving them that smoke. Again, I, I think that the potential is there that if we click, that we could have, you know, similar success both offensively um, and defensively, um, you know, just to take advantage of it. Um, you know, with the, you know, as I was looking over these, um, you know, stats and numbers here, uh, I really see that the Bears really do struggle um, offensively on third down. And I think that's something that, Interesting. that as, you know, with the less than stellar run game and struggling on third down, I think that if we're able to put them in, you know, we're able to win defensively on first and second down. I think that's really going to uh, really put, put us in a favorable uh, situation. Um, another guy to worry about, and both of you fellas might remember him, um, is, uh, is it Tyreek Cohen? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's from – like when he went to A and T, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he's on I, he's on IR actually. Oh, he's, he's on, on IR. Season. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Cool. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just think that uh, I just think there's you know definitely uh, opportunities for for this to be a, a really good game for us, in spite of the heavy defensive um, stature of the Bears. Because if I'm not mistaken, their only loss came to the. Coach, who right now has the number one defense across the board in literally all categories. Wow, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I just think that, uh, yeah, the, the opportunities is definitely, definitely there. This is this is a team that should be respected, but uh, not to be feared by fans. This this is a winnable game. Uh, I think that this team is is growing. The Carolina Panthers team is growing confidence, mm-hmm. and confidence along with execution with talent. You know that 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 starts to breed. That starts to spread around, mm-hmm. and you know we can come into this game, you know, healthy. See what's going on with um, Brian Burns and things. Because it was confusion on if he got, had a concussion or not. So it'll be interesting tomorrow on Wednesday when the injury report come out. What's the uh, what's the status? So we can all keep track of that as well. Yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna need that, especially if we make um, foes one dimensional. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be critical. Can we run the football on these guys? What do you think, Will? Yeah, I think there'll be opportunities to run the ball against them. I mean, we teams have been able to get yards against this team. I just think they do a very good job of buckling down in the red zone and holding you to three points instead of seven. Mm. So I think the key here, I think we'll be able to move the ball. I mean, I'll take our offense and our weapons against anybody. 
I mean, at this date, we present a lot of matchup problems with Robbie, Curtis, and DJ. Mm. We haven't even started to see what the tight ends can do and contribute as well. I mean, Mike Davis is playing out of this world. <laughs> I think Teddy's making good decisions with mm. the football. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's efficient or consistently, you know, between 20 to 20, we're moving the ball really well. I just think mm. we just have to be a more consistent red zone scoring team. I think that when you get down to that part of the field, it just everybody just got to be better. The line's got to be more dominant and nasty because you don't have the full field to work with. I mean, wide receivers may have to make some contested catches. Quarterbacks got to throw the ball in the tighter windows mm-hmm. if need be. And I just think the play calling can be a little bit more creative as well. But that'll, I think it'll come down to that, just how efficient can we be with our red zone possessions. I think we'll definitely have no problem getting there. It's just how are we going to finish once we do get in that area of the field? Mm-hmm. So Chicago, Chicago's a bamboo don't break. About, um, I'm sorry, you're talking about um, kick a lot of field goals here. I got that stat as well. Their opponents have made 15 out of 18 um, field goals while they've only converted seven out of nine. So, mm. you know, they, they really do tighten up and force teams to kick a lot of uh, – a lot of field goals here. So, um, yeah, execution has got to be on point. But what I noticed about our red zones, opportunities, we do well when we block well. I don't think it's necessarily so much an X to O point of view as far as what our wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs do. I just think that if we can, you know, win our matchup in the trenches, I think that uh, that will allow us to take advantage of our – to be more efficient with our red zone opportunities. You're here. Man, efficiency is what's going to win the game, folks. Efficiency is going to win the game for us. Man, uh, <laughs> what's your predictions, fellas? What you think? What you think? We get a W here. Going go four and two. Yeah, I think we ultimately can pull out this win here. I think um, – Especially playing at home. I mean, this team, we're on a roll right now. They're playing extremely well. I think Mike Davis, who's already runs pissed off, going against his former team who just oh, cut him. Right. And we acquired him from him. So he's going to be motivated coming out there this week. Uh, Teddy played the Bears last year in New Orleans and had one of his better games of the year. Wow. So, I mean, I'm, I'm confident going into this week. I haven't been able to say that a lot this year. It's because of the unknowns with the roster turnover, new staff, new quarterback, and all of that. But I think this is probably the first time I can go into the game and I say that I'm confident that we can play well, get a W, and get one step closer. I mean, this is playoff football here, man. The Bears at 4-1. and We're going to be competing with these guys down the stretch for that wild card spot. It may be a team that we see twice this year, so – I just think this is a big game, good measuring stick to see where we stand in the mix of this competitive NFC. Facts, facts. What you think, Kev? What's your prediction, man? Well, what I'm thinking is hmm, I think that it'll be a competitive first half, and I can see us, you know, I've noticed that we making, we're making good adjustments not only between the games, but potentially after the half, I noticed that we'll uh, we'll switch up styles on them after 
come out of halftime. And I, I just think that with a team that's so aggressive that we're going to be able to catch them a lot and to really expose them. Uh, but I can see it being definitely gritty at first because they they want to keep pace with the division leader, Green Bay Packers, who are still undefeated. Mm. Um, they're, I know they're on a bye week, but uh, so they definitely um, are looking. They definitely have a lot to play for to uh, want to keep pace, mm-hmm. uh, so they can be relevant um, in that in that in their own division. Mm-hmm. But um, far as the Panthers here, I, I see this as a game where we. Um, at home where we really just continue building momentum. I, I see this as a Panthers win. Um, I know that I made my daughter happy because, you know, she's a Packers fan. So, you know, we can do anything to, you know, bring them bears down. She'll be happy. So if you ask me for a prediction, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Carolina 31, Chicago. I'm going to give them 14. I think our yeah. defense will, will make a statement. Wow. So yeah, give me down for 31-14, Carolina. 31 points on the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Keep it rolling, man. Hey, you never know. Like like, like Will mentioned, man, we have a lot of weapons. This is probably the most diverse offense in terms of weaponry that the Bears have run up against this season. Um, we're, we're extremely unpredictable in, in that in that sense, and that, that advantage puts us um, in a situation where they're going to be hard to read. I like that. I like that. Um, I, honestly, I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna be a little more conservative because I, I think that Bears defense is, and, and the red, red zone area is gonna be a. It's gonna be an issue unless we can get some chunk plays and you know, score from you know more than 20 yards out. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say 20. Uh, 24, 18, Panthers. Say 24, 18. The injury bug is what I'm worried about too, uh, but. I, I don't see why as long as Teddy can Teddy can toss that rock man and our receivers are getting getting fed I think we I think we can pull it out because they they can't they can't play um you know play our our passing game and and stop our run both that's it's just it's just too much to handle in, in my in my my opinion just saying just saying so yeah Panther yeah, fans. Go ahead, That's bro. a good point, though. All, all five Bears games this year have been one score or less. The largest margin was a 19-11 to 11 loss to the, the Colts. So, Whoa. I expect the dogfight. I mean, they beat the Lions by four, the mm. Giants by four, the mm. Falcons by four. Mm. Four seemed to be the magic number, and then they just beat Tampa Bay by a point. So, so I wouldn't surprise to see a dog fight. Maybe it comes down to a game winning field goal or something like that. So it should be a good game, man. I'm looking forward to this one. Mm-hmm. Damn, is it Sunday yet? <laughs> All right, fellas. Um, any parting shots for the fans? Yeah, well, what I say is, um, as always, thank all the fans that follow the four-man rush on all of our social media accounts. Again, we would never take you guys for granted, so just want to say thank you. Also, uh, definitely make sure you continue to check us out every Sunday, a couple hours after the game for the post-game live. And we're going to be going into episode number two of the four-man rush, all 22 film breakdown on Wednesday of the previous game. And... Um, and I think we're going to work a little something new this week in as well, Tim. Um, I mentioned this to Will. We, we're going to look at doing 
a Friday version of the All-22 previewing the upcoming matchup. You know, I mean, wow. while we have access to it, you know, why not, uh, yeah. you know, why not take advantage of it? You know, yeah. give our fans, you know, a breakdown of what happened, and then we can take a look at, you know, upcoming opponent, what they've done well with, what they struggled against, and see how the Panthers' offense can can uh, take take advantage of it. So, uh, look like we're gonna try to debut this probably around. We haven't set official time yet, but we're definitely posting the group. So, uh, we're gonna do a, a Friday a Friday night. All 22 of the upcoming games. We're going to see if we can uh, get that started as well. Word. All right. Bringing that content to you folks. Dig it. <laughs> hey, well, you know, when, when you've got content like that, folks, well, you, you got to keep bringing it to you because you guys keep asking for it. So here you go. <laughs> going to break that thing down, man. Dig it. Like peanut brittle, going to break it. Break it down. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, thanks again for checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Um, whether you're looking at this uh, on YouTube or listening to us on YouTube or Podbean or any uh, any of the wonderful podcast platforms, thank you very much. I hope you guys are staying safe, wearing a mask, washing your hands, six feet apart, stop playing games. This thing's going to be here for a while. Um, are you going to the game, Kev? Now I won't be at this game. Um, you know, since I got my got my daughter in town, we're actually gonna head on down eighty five and you know check the smolder remains that's in Atlanta. So you know <laughs> maybe we'll pass you know the uh, the moving trucks for for Dan Quinn and uh, the general manager. You know, since you know we gave them the boot, mm. Tim. You know, this is the third time that Atlanta Falcons coaches got fired after playing the Panthers. Damn. <laughs> Their last three coaches ah, got fired after playing the Panthers. It's crazy. Mike Smith got fired after playing us in uh, 2014. Mm. And Jim Moore Jr. got fired after playing us uh, before that. So, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> sip on that tea. <laughs> well, yeah, Matt Rule, the Grim Reaper. We got Chris Kingsbury fired at Texas Tech. Now, Dan Quinn. <laughs> In Atlanta, hey, keep that train going. Keep it going, man. Keep it going. Yeah, and also um, another little fact about Matt Rule. Uh, you know, with Matt Rule being at three and two, it only took him five games under previous coach Rivera. It took him forty-seven games to get above five hundred. Good Lord of mercy, that's a lot of games. No, that's what he corrected. Still, along was thirty-nine. I think they corrected that. I saw that was still. Oh, they, oh, oh, they corrected it. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw that tweet too, and then um, somebody, I think Panther stat guy, came in and said it was thirty-nine. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, but let the rule restoration continue. <laughs> Does he think about um, his record at Temple and Baylor? In his first year at Temple, he won two games. First year at Baylor, he won one game. Already got three. Already his got first three. year with the Panthers. So That's right. he was right when he did that interview to his players on the first meeting. He said, it took us so long to win at Temple and Baylor. He said, here, I don't want it to take that long. I want to try to win now. So far, he's living up to that. Yep. I, I love that about him. He, take, he takes each, each and every situation for what it is and not try to impose what he wants. Right, he's 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 all about teaching. He's all about guidance. He's all about motivation, and it and it it channels to the to the field. I mean, 
every week to see these, especially the, the young players. Every week these guys get better, and um, that's 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 what great coaches do. So. Yeah, you can just really see that the team is just really buying into to what him and the coach staff is doing. You know, there was a lot of questions about, you know, oh, how would a college coach do with professional players and yeah. blah blah blah. You know, oh, you know this. Yep. You know, that Big 12 stuff's not going to work in the NFL and this, that, and the third. Yet we're sitting there at three and two. So, you know, it goes to show that, uh, you know, I'm judging book by his cover, folks. You know, actually enjoy reading reading the chapters one at a time. And you'll be surprised what kind of stories you read. Right on. Right on. Yeah, man. Words of wisdom right there on, on the way out. I like that. I like that. All right. So, um, Folks, thank you. Thank you. Be sure to check out the All-22 tomorrow. And, of course, the uh, uh, the post-podcast um, of, of Kev. You still doing that on Facebook, Kev? Yeah, still doing it on Facebook, starting around, starting at 11 o'clock tonight. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, this comes out every Wednesday, but make sure um, that you go to the uh, Four Man Rush Facebook page. Um, you know, we do a live Q&A session basically where I break down, you know, what we discussed here in the podcast, you know, the previous game, the upcoming game, you know, give our fans a chance to um, to interact with us and, and, you know, to you know pick our brains about what we see and what we uh, and um, what we're going to be what we're going to be doing forward with this group. I know, man. I know. So, folks, um, be sure to check out our Facebook page for uh, for that. Um, that's, that's every Tuesday evening, um, all 22 on Wednesday, the new all 22 potentially coming up, um, with, with the, uh, the opponent breakdown. Um, and of course that post game, man, post game lit, boy, we get some good, uh, getting good feedback on that, man. I'm, I'm digging that. I'm digging that. That raw, that raw emotions are real. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, so, whether you listen to this uh, podcast in the morning, afternoon, or evening, thank you so much. Real talk, thank you so much. Be sure to check out our uh, our website and with our blog writers. They're coming up with some some golden golden write ups, man. Norris and Vince and Jadarius and everybody. It's just, just wonderful write ups, man. Good articles, good articles. Um, and you know, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, Twitter, the Twitter versus killing it. <laughs> man, we all over the place, man. This is just four man. Just type in four man rush and just go find it. <laughs> We're everywhere. We're everywhere, man. It's like it's like a mall. We got all that shit. <laughs> right up the escalator, you'll find it all right there. There you go. Well, um, hey, appreciate you guys and gals, man. Really, really, we really do, man. It's, it's it's a great season. It's a it's a new team, um, new outlook, new ownership, new coaches. It, it, who who knows what's going to happen, man? Sky's the limit. One week at a time, and we'll see what happens. But one thing's for sure: the four members is going to be here for you to show you what's up. Y'all dig it? Y'all dig it? Take care, Panther fans. And as always, keep pounding. Y'all be good. <laughs> and that's a clip. Dig it, man. Hey, that's hard enough trying to figure out what the hell the Panthers are doing, trying to scout another team. Imagine how to do that. You only watch it once. <laughs>
<laughs> That's gonna be fun, man. You got to pick out like a particular player or a particular particular plays. Like maybe like I don't know, like three three offense, three defense. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you if you get really detailed in it, man, I mean that's, that's a lot to. I've already seen the Bucks game Thursday. I watched that. So I mean, I've got a general idea of what they want to do. But they're like us, they're tough. They want to out tough you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Old school game. That's some old punch them in the mouth type of shit. Yeah, they want to win 12 to 6. One of them teams. <laughs> three yards in the cloud of dust. He's a three star. Yeah. Yeah. She love it. We out in public and we can The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.